0: Stop me if you heard this one. It's the 1990s, and Samuel Jackson is going to go on a road trip with a blonde woman who has amnesia to help her discover her past as a secret agent. Along the way, they learn her former handlers are not what they seem. Okay, but this isn't a Marvel movie. It's 1996's The Long Kiss. Goodnight. night. Hops. And box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films. The bombs. The disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Whenever you're listening to this, this is the 95th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, and this is the first of our Hops and 00 Flops series, where we take a look at spy movies that were neither shook nor stirred at the box office. On this episode, we are back with director-slash-star-slash-husband-slash-wife-slash-duo of Rennie Harlan and Gina Davis. I am Captain Cash, and I will be your host on this Road to Recovery With me are the Thunderous Wizard, who graciously skipped a PTA meeting to be here.
1: Yeah, when I'm not uh, putting my ice skates on in the middle of a fucking lake, I'm here just doing this. So, I don't
2: ice skate. Is that not the proper way to ice (laughs) skate? No, it's not. Not
0: everybody. How do you put on your skates? You don't put them on in the ice, no. (laughs) Well, along with him is his evil alter ego... Fresh from his most recent government-sanctioned extrajudicial murder, Chumzilla. I can't believe you made me watch this movie. And last, we have their handler, who always keeps three beers on him, one in his hand, one at his hip, and one right next to Mr. Wally, Mayor McCheese.
2: God damn it, (laughs) Ramathorn.
0: Oh, Brian Cox, you're the best. Uh, the pod is presented to you by revengeofthefans.com. You can find the pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at hopsandboflops. Leave us a comment on what movie you'd like to hear us talk about next. Chumpzilla, when you're not running a honeypot assassination scheme, where can the listener find you? On alternating
3: Thursdays of the month, you can find me on Twitter at Chumpzilla8. Excellent. And Thunderous Wizard, before we get to your socials, I'd just like to know, how do you get your souffle to stay so light
1: and airy? Yeah, that's a trade secret, but you can find me at
0: Chefs Do That. No, fuck that. This movie sucks. Add RaiderTLK on Twitter. The Thunderous Wizards views do not express everyone on the pod's uh, views. This movie almost, rocks.
2: Almost everyone's. Yeah, rocks Almost with, everyone's.
0: Rocks with an 20, X. Se- 75% of the pod does not like this movie, and by God, I will be the 25% that stumps for this fucking thing. Hey, you gotta last find but not it. least... Mayor McCheese, McCheese, where can the listener find your hottest takes on bad movies and beer?
2: Well, when I'm not dancing at the Peppermint Hippo, you can find me on Twitter at HBOFMcCheese.
0: Excellent. And as always, I am C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most of your social media. For tonight, we have a beer from Fathead Brewing. Headhunter IPA, so chosen because the main character is a headhunter and a CIA assassin. Uh, this American-style IPA comes at a respectable 7.5%, so not too bad. Uh, overall, it's an extremely hoppy beer brewed in the West Coast IPA style. So, with that, uh, I'd like to remind you that life is pain.
2: Yeah, sure. We get that more than once in this movie, and one Ooh. time it's very off-putting. <laughs> that, it's not so much hey, life that's on the
1: beer; that's pain. Yeah. It's this movie that's pain. But yes, <laughs> it, let's talk about the
0: beer. I don't think the beer is painful. It's pretty tasty. It's uh, very, I mean, it's very hoppy. I mean, it is. Yeah, it is it's very light. Like, it's kind of like a, eating a pine cone, but not in a bad way. Like drinking a pine cone a little bit. It's not a yeah. dick. It's a duck.
2: Um, since we're doing four straight assassin movies in a row, are we just going to drink this every week because there's no other assassin themed beer? <laughs> there's got to be an assassin themed
1: beer. No, for Richard Grieco's movie, we're definitely drinking, like, I don't know, so? something really weird. He probably, everything is on the rocks. It's all three fingers. We have to get a fake tan. So there, it's, we're going to mix it up.
3: Oh, this movie gives you the full three fingers for sure. <laughs> Wait, no. what? What movie? Uh-huh. Anyway, nope, <laughs> nope. Only four
1: inches. You'll feel it. <laughs> All
0: right. I, I'm reasonably certain that only Mayor McCheese could also acquire this beer, as Headhunter operates out of uh, is. Damn it, where is it?
2: Middleburg Heights.
0: It's Cleveland. Yeah, it's Land
3: Cleveland. Of
2: Cleveland is no
3: place for a sensitive, intelligent duck.
2: No. Are we going with rankings? Is that why you're moving to me? Yeah. I'd I'd give it, I'd say two and a half. I mean, two to two and a half. It is real hoppy. So at some point, I'm either just going to be drunk enough that I'm going to forget about that, or I'm going to stop because it'll feel like I've had a very large salad.
0: Yeah, that's where I'm at. This is, unless I'm, I need something else to eat with this. If I'm gonna make it for more than two movies. Yeah, normally is...
2: normally I get it on draft at the one place me and my old roommate go to, and it's not it doesn't seem as aggressive. Like I could sit there and watch you know football all day and drink these, but out of the can, it is yeah, you're chewing it.
0: All right, so that's about a, a two too bad movie beer is the uh, fathead headhunter. Go check it out if you are in the Cleveland ish, Pittsburgh ish Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia Area. Definitely it's what you a, think. It sounds like it's a solid Rust Belt IPA. There you go. All right. So, tonight, let's talk a little bit about The Long Kiss Goodnight. As we previously mentioned, this film was released in October of 1996 and is the final collaboration of director Rennie Harlan and star Gina Davis. Here, Gina Davis is the amnesiac shoot school teacher. Sam Kane, which, listener, I know you are clever enough to realize is an acronym for amnesiac. Excuse me, uh, pushes my glasses up. Uh, I think you mean anagram. Thank you. Oh, it is an anagram. Forgive me, an anagram. Uh, but she is the schoolteacher with the dark, secret identity. She's actually a government spy whose real name is Charlie Baltimore. Uh, quick side note, it's, is it weird to anybody else that they chose traditionally masculine names? For both characters, Sam and Charlie? Yeah.
2: It's, it's weird to me that she's a spy with a ridiculous friggin' name. Like,
0: Charlie someone Baltimore? comes up to you
2: and she's like, my name's Charlie Baltimore, and you'd be like, oh, you're a stripper, okay.
3: <laughs> Johnny Utah.
2: <laughs> yeah, he was a cop, though. He's not a CIA operative.
0: Yeah, well, he <laughs> was undercover, though, be fair. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Well, uh, no, but Johnny Utah was point. his real name, though,
3: so... Well, I mean, as yes. far as
0: we know, Charlie Baltimore is her real name.
3: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think to your yeah. point, Captain Cash. Yeah, that that is the joke. That it this, there's something about this movie that's trying to sort of turn the uh, you know the spy uh, thriller on its ear a bit because it's a lady. It's a dun, lady dun, spy. Dun. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, for '96. Great. Agreed. A bit progressive. Yeah. It, yeah.
1: It was purposeful, because sure. there's a lot so not there's a lot of not so subtle allusions to the fact that one of her main spy maneuvers is to sleep with the target, the honey pot, a classic. Yeah. Uh, that's amongst other really gross things that Shane Black wrote into this one.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> Shane, Shane Black definitely had plenty of gross to sprinkle on here, but uh, also along for the ride and perhaps i think we can maybe all agree the best part of this film samuel jackson is here as mitch hennessy a shady private eye with a past who is helping sam find the truth about herself
2: yeah shout out to you from pittsburgh yeah
0: he's the best
1: part although a close runner-up is brian cox's main fighting maneuver being to kick you in the testicles
0: (laughs) it's a very effective maneuver I
3: will admit, when I saw Brian Cox kick Samuel L. Jackson in the nuts, I almost lost it in this movie. I'm like, I, I can't believe this movie delivered that. I'm like, wow, okay, that was
0: great.
2: Let's not forget that he pulls that off while having a gun wedged next to his crotch, so he managed yeah. not to shoot himself in the dick while he's also kicking Sam Jackson in the
0: balls. Presumably he had the safety on. It's fine. <laughs> sure, and It's a revolver. <laughs> now, presu- <laughs> Presumably he had the safety on, so just, it's fine. Just imagine if that gun had been in his shoe. Samuel- oh, oh, man. Oh, <laughs> gun shoes. Yeah. Shit. Shane Black could write some gun shoes, probably. Now we're...
2: I mean, now we're getting to some actual spy stuff. Okay, let's oh,
0: do yeah. it. All right. Uh, it, it is notable, though. Sam Jackson in 2019 did say that this was one of his favorite roles. So uh, he he realizes what kind of movies he's in, at least. Well, this uh, was
2: after Pulp Fiction, right? Oh, yeah. So he basically got to kind of redo Pulp Fiction, but even cheesier.
0: Yes, I, I think that's probably it. less, less suave, less intelligent, uh, but just as funny. Yeah, not Maybe funnier, and funnier, actually,
2: and not being driven into the ground by Quentin Tarantino. Also,
0: that it's literally uh, Die
1: Hard with a Vengeance, except replace John McClane with a spy who has amnesia. It's the uh-huh. same thing. I
0: don't, I don't
1: agree with that. I There's feel like even a know. helicopter explosion.
0: <laughs> it was the 90s. Helicopter explosions were a common thing. Let's not it, get di-
2: dime a dozen helicopters. Yeah, yeah. Come on, today.
3: Y- yeah, you couldn't walk down the street in the 90s without a helicopter. Just you know.
0: Diving out of the sky and exploding on the horizon. That was standard stuff. All right. Also here is Craig Burko. I have no idea how to pronounce this guy's name. Uh, As the sadistic CIA psyops agent, Timothy. Uh, We've mentioned Brian Cox a number of times as Dr. Nathan Waldman, uh, Charlie's former handler, and Yvonne Zima as Sam-slash-Charlie's daughter, Caitlin. You also get a smattering of other character actors from the 90s. Does anybody want to chime in particularly...
1: Californication fans, you'll recognize the daughter. She was also on that show. This is a long time ago, because she's all grown up by the time Californication rolls around, and she's.
0: Uh... It gets awkward. It gets yeah. awkward. We'll yeah. talk about it though, for yeah. sure. All right. Um, the film was written by Shane Black, as mentioned, at about two hours long. It didn't fully bomb out. It made eighty nine point five million on a budget of sixty five million. But it did scuttle any further collaborations with Davis and Harlan. Uh, It was actually pretty well received critically with 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, The common wisdom around this movie is that it flopped in large part due to the absolute and utter failure of Cutthroat Island that came out the year before. Which, uh, listen, I like pirate movies a lot, and I like Cutthroat Island, and I recognize that Cutthroat Island is not good. So I can see as how that would carry through. Yeah,
1: that's a part of it, but... I think I'll have more to say later, but it has a great deal to do with the misogyny of moviegoers at the time. and
3: That probably didn't help. No. Yeah, I think Shane Black is on the record saying there was difficulties marketing this film because they didn't know what to do with a female-led action movie. But I'll also admit, I think the title's terrible. Like, I, I, the, the title does this movie no favors. You hear this title and you have no idea what kind of movie it's
0: going to be. I mean to be fair, that's that's kind of par for the course for Shane Black, though. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang, the nice guys, well, fucking the last boy scout. <laughs> I will say this: they had a they
1: had a title in mind. It was called Blood on the Ice, but that was uh was too much, and also the cutting edge should come out just yep. didn't work, didn't work. No, so. I, again, I, we, I made that title up.
3: We've played rugby with the evil Russian guy from That's The right. Cutting Edge. He's actually Canadian. He the, was the, uh, the stunt,
1: stunt coordinator on this movie. Not because the she can't fucking skate.
0: Let's go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> IMDB uh. does not have their standard one-sentence description for this movie. Instead, calling it, Samantha Kane lives in a small town with her daughter. Eight years ago, she emerged two months pregnant from a nearby river with no memory of her past or who she is. However... She's getting closer to finding out her past. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's kind of it. it. It seems poorly put together, but so is parts of this movie. What are your pithy descriptions for this film? Thunderous Wizard, let's start with the greatest naysayer. Uh, this movie is Die Hard 3.
1: Die the motherfucking hardest you've ever died in your motherfucking life, but don't worry, you won't
0: remember it because you've got amnesia. Not bad. All right, Mary Cheese, what is this movie?
2: I, I have two. One's positive, one's negative. Uh, the first one is, what would happen if the producers of A League of Their Own, Pulp Fiction, and the Bourne movies got drunk at a party together? Because that's essentially this. And the second Fair. one is, A Long Kiss Goodnight is instantly forgettable. I literally had to watch the second hour of this movie twice just to be somewhat prepared to talk about this movie tonight.
0: So you're saying this film will give you amnesia? Film so about amnesia is going to give you amnesia.
2: I mean, I had a couple of cocktails while watching it, but the, the second half, even watching it through back in the second half, when I was like, what? Are they fucking, we'll talk about it later because there's a lot to chew through as we go through this whole plot.
0: Could we All
3: right. possibly... Amception. <laughs> Amception.
1: Am- 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 Amception. Amception. Amception.
2: Amception.
3: a chef what? would do that I, I don't get it it's an amnesia movie that gives you amnesia it's an Am, amception.
2: amception
1: oh god
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's blah. I get
1: blah. could we quickly just talk about how much she drinks when she goes back into spy mode it doesn't seem productive or conducive to
0: proper spy work what to be the fuck fucking lit James all the time. Bond do uh, he all constantly of that drink, drinks martinis. He, he constantly mightily...
2: drinks. She's been a sober house mom for eight years. Yes. Plowing through vodka. You know how fucked up she would be?
0: The what liver you... never forgets. It, well, no,
2: wait a minute. But that, she that does.
3: Might be, Never forgets. That might be the reason for the amnesia. It might not have been the gunshot. It might be that she just drank herself into it. And then she had to uh, sober right, up for right. eight years.
2: As she's doing stupid shot glass tricks.
0: Uh, I, I did like the shot glass tricks. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, <did. laughs> I, I bet Renny Harlan likes the shot I've glass tricks. Of course
2: you did. <laughs>
3: Uh, All right, Chumpzilla's turn here for his one. Yeah, all right. Gina Davis stars in Raw Deal 2. Salty Atomic Blonde deals harder with The Vengeance.
0: All right, look, I I respect that you're pulling a lot of films into this that happened later. So here's what I'm going to say. This was absolutely a practice round for The Bourne Movies, A History of Violence, Captain Marvel, Kill Bill, and Atomic Blonde. This is a movie that is full of big stock characters, that is frequently silly, occasionally awesome, and deserves your two hours. Let's get into the plot. Samantha Kane is a school teacher in small town Pennsylvania living with her boyfriend and her daughter, Caitlin. Eight years earlier, she was found washed ashore on a New Jersey beach, pregnant with Caitlin and totally amnesiac. Sam hired a number of private detectives to discover her past, leading nowhere. Uh, the latest being a lowlife named Mitch Hennessy, played by Samuel Jackson. During the Christmas holidays, Sam is involved in a car accident and suffers a brief concussion. When she recovers, she finds she possesses skills with a knife she cannot explain. Because chefs do that. That also marks her first murder of the film. Both the deer. a deer and a deer. an elderly drunk man. And for the record... Uh she's driving an elderly drunk man why
1: away. does she become a slap chop just because she remembers she was a spy was that part of her spy training did was she we, working we in just, vegetables? yeah was she working yeah, in we, the kitchen like steven seagal and under siege and in between chopping onions she was shitting her pants i don't know it makes no sense
0: Listen, we discussed listen. this earlier.
2: An essential, an essential spy skill is the ability to slice, dice, mince, and grind.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's important. You never know we are going to need that for enhanced interrogation. You got to, R- like, random cut question them onions. Before
2: we, random question before we move on to the scene. Does that old dude grope her? Is that why she oh, crashes the car? Okay,
3: yeah, that's what 100%. I thought. Yeah. He no. Fast. no, he just runs his hands in front of her. No, 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 it looks uh, like he goes
0: be, for a
1: he, he goes in for it. He he goes in for the stop short, which is a uh, wow. George Costanza's yeah, father's move.
2: Yeah, it was it was that was the creepy precursor to the rest of the film where I'm like, did that old dude like who was just at her house party getting a ride home from her try to get a grab in?
1: Lots <laughs> of sleazy men in this movie. Yeah,
3: yeah, and he was also very interested in how often her and her boyfriend inserted their fingers into each other.
2: Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was also creepy. Yeah,
0: damn it,
3: this movie.
2: We're going to go there's Shane
0: Black. No, there's no <laughs> short amount of creepy dudes in this film. For the record, isn't he part of like
1: her church group? And this was his like topic of conversation as she drove his drunk ass
0: home? Like... Yeah, it, it, I don't know. So they're at a Christmas party. And there's the, like. it's people from all across the town. So it's not really clear what the association is. But they're very clearly part of a community together. Yeah,
3: and they're totally okay getting sloshed and swearing in front of children. That's interesting.
0: I, I mean, I am, aren't you? I thought that's I mean, what the was. Well, yeah, I mean, My I children just... are literally right off camera. Yeah. Hey, nope. tell, the, tell the big one to put the
3: beer down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, he's got to learn somehow. Anyway, uh, so because uh, Samantha has been Mrs. Claus, in the town parade, and been on television. Uh, The home is broken into by One-Eyed Jack, who saw the television transmission in the single TV jail cell that he is in. Man, that's convenient.
2: Yeah, he's in some sort of solitary confinement that has a television. He sees her, and then he's able to break out of prison.
1: Like, immediately.
2: The same night. (laughs) Off
1: camera. Local town parade broadcast on...
2: (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah lockup lockup Prison here. TV. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, on repeat. He's it's at night. He's seeing at night. So yeah. this is like a recorded parade because local parades get shown during prime
0: time. I mean, you know, oh, okay. he was arrested in Jersey. It's it's realistic to think that they shipped him upstate somewhere in northeastern Pennsylvania. They shipped I him guess. to
2: nowhere, Pennsylvania. Yeah, the exactly. is played
0: constantly. What yeah. did what did they call him before he lost his eye? I guess just Jack. Just, just Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Two-Eyed Jack. <laughs> Two-Eyed Jack. What, which I'd like to say, One-Eyed Jack is an extremely pirate name that I feel like was carried over. It's uh, also a poker thing. Yeah. In any case, uh, One-Eyed Jack breaks into their home, uh, which I, the way he breaks into the home is to threaten a group of carolers with a shotgun. And I have to say, that was pretty great. Like the Caroler is is singing off key and then the camera pans over and you see they, they it's got that Caroler has a shotgun held to his head. And you're like, oh wow, like I, I thought that was clever. Oh, let's, no. not
2: pass, let's not pass over the fact that he managed to somehow break break out of prison and obtain a shotgun with a fucking grenade launcher attached to it and get to her town.
0: Listen, one eye jack is nothing, if not resourceful. <laughs> apparently <laughs> yep. you can accomplish that much with just one eye. imagine. Imagine if he had binocular vision. She wouldn't have stood a chance. Anyway, um, so she manages to fight and kill Jack in the kitchen with a rabbit punch to the back of the head. uh, And worried that she would put her daughter, Caitlin, and her boyfriend, Hal, in danger. Sam decides to leave with Mitch, and they're going to go chase down what they can because Mitch brought a suitcase that belonged to her in her old life. There you go. Find some answers on the road.
3: I feel like we just skipped something there. So, she murders a guy in her kitchen, and then it's just road trip time. I mean, self defense. Guys, I I gotta go by myself now
0: because obviously, um, I murder people. No, uh, no, no, no. I oh. I feel like you very easily explain that to the cops. This dude broke into my house. I managed to somehow kill him. Chefs uh, do that. Chefs do chefs that. Do, yeah. Chefs do do chefs that. Do that.
1: Uh, larger point. Uh, cell is right. There, there aren't no caps in this movie. They, they never, they never appear uh, ever, <laughs> even in the most high intensity of circumstances. Are we just gonna ignore when she picks up her daughter like like a sack of garbage and heaves her,
0: her <laughs> into the? Tre- so okay, so to set the scene, that grenade launcher shows up when One eyed Jack blows a hole in the side of the house, and to protect Caitlin. Charlie, Sam, picks up Caitlin and throws her through the hole in the wall all the way to the treehouse, which is a good 20 feet you, away, you at least.
2: Played, you guys played rugby. That's like the, the back of the pants, back of the collar type throw to get someone off the field, correct? It's, yes. Yes. Uh,
3: okay, I, I just want to go on the record here. <laughs> I, I have thrown multiple toddlers in my day, and I cannot get that kind of distance. So... No offense, Gina Davis, but I, I don't see you throwing a toddler <laughs> out the hole of the second story of a house all the way to a tree house. Uh, She's uh, an
0: assassin, bro. It, I'm sorry. Were you trained the by the CIA? CIA? Yeah, were you I'm trained right, by
1: yeah. Brian Cox,
0: the great just, uh, Walden? I, I'm, I'm not saying you, I wasn't. A weekend with Cox, and you could really throw some stuff around. Yeah, yeah for sure. They use blanks. You could do uh, it with uh, a pistol uh, in your uh, pants. Sense, motherfucker. With good all form right. and everything. <laughs> we,
2: I, we are never going to get through this because yeah, right. there's so much shit. That we have
0: We're to on analyze. the road. We're on the road. They are going to go find answers in the suitcase. They find a well, book which directs them to Dr. Nathan Waldman, played by Brian Cox, who but, legitimately is funny in this movie.
2: But I think we have to TV time out. One for this. And two, Whew. I think you skipped Chumpzilla's favorite part, which is Sam Jackson's interjection where he robs... He acts like a detective to rob a guy with a prostitute who is actually his girlfriend slash partner in crime. And we get we get straight pulp fiction, Sam Jackson. We don't need we don't need a dramatic reading, but it's a lot of you're going to go to a very aggressive prison. (laughs)
3: Yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot of prison rape jokes, um, and I won't quote it because I got in enough trouble for quoting all the stuff from McGruber, But I, when that scene came up, I was like, what the hell am I watching? Like, okay. I mean,
0: it, it's very, like it's like very the, 90s and pretty funny. I like Sam Jackson
2: going full Sam Jackson in that scene. But right. all right, I, I, I backtracked yeah. this. Back to Brian Cox. Back yeah, to Brian
3: Cox. To, to your point, though, there, Mary McCheese, it is clear that Sam Jackson
0: is having a ball with this script. That is true. Moving on. Yes. So the note has directed him to Dr. Nathan Waldman, Brian Cox, who is legitimately funny in this role. And I contend this is what helped him get the super troopers role. I, I think they, they asked him and were thrilled to have him, but he's really funny in this. Like he's got some great lines, uh, but they arranged to meet at a train station unaware that agent's led by the PSYOP specialist, Timmy. Timothy? Timmy? Timmy? Timothy? Can we Timothy.
1: Just... Tim... Timothy. Timothy. Timmy. scared of a guy named Timothy.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe just call him Tim for the rest of this pod, because if you keep you saying mean, Timothy, Tim. I'm going to have to keep muting myself from laughing. So yeah. Hard. The, toughest, the toughest unkillable dude. Yeah, <laughs> the guy, guy who Timothy. survives
0: literally everything. You can't I kill thought... Timothy.
2: It just keeps I mean, coming.
0: kind of works in a weird way. Either way, Timothy is, tape, er, is tapping the calls, so they know to meet up at the train station and inter, er, in, intervene before they get to meet uh, Brian Cox. En route, uh, Samantha discovers that the bottom of the suitcase contains a disassembled sniper rifle, which she can expertly reassemble along with a handful of other weapons. Ah, uh, when Sam and Mitch go to meet Waldman at the station, they are attacked by a team of agents. Uh, but ultimately, they are able to escape with Waldman's help.
2: No one picked up that suitcase and was like, "Wow, this thing is fucking heavy."
0: Yeah, this this
1: is not <laughs> just clothes, very obviously, because it's like sixty pounds. Nope
3: just just scarves,
1: <laughs> just a bunch of scarves.
3: And when Gina Davis discovers, I'm sorry. <clears throat> When Charlie Baltimore discovers that there's a hidden panel in her suitcase, she gasps and screams in terror. Like, oh, my God. I'm like, I, I, "What is it a severed head? Like, "What? oh, it's disassembled gun parts. Oh, yeah. And then she expertly puts Horrifying. it together. Yeah, and then she just snaps it together. And, hey, newsflash, folks, uh, that doesn't come back again, really. I mean, she uses it as binoculars, but that's it. It never gets fired after the time she accidentally shoots it at Sam Jackson in the hotel.
1: Can we just quickly address that this is a team of expert assassins who proceed to fire a thousand rounds, killing everyone in the train station except the targets. This is not high-level assassination work to murder everybody
0: in the train station. All right, stop, stop, stop. Because you have to address the fact that their overall terrorist plan is to make 9-11 an inside job. So I'm not sure we're dealing with the highest caliber of terrorists to begin with.
3: Right. This is their second attempt at an inside job because they also referred to the first World Trade Center bombing in 93 as being a
0: inside job as well. Which, you know, even with the sexism and racism that pervades this movie, is the thing that aged most poorly... <laughs>
3: Well, no, I think it's actually very funny. I'll bring it up later. But that angle um, actually is, is pretty is pretty good. That's one of the smarter parts of the movie.
0: They don't do nearly enough with it, but it's one of no, the no, smarter I, parts of the movie. I mean when they call the original World Trade Center bombing an inside job.
3: Oh, no. I, I, I guess they're trying to make this a political thriller, but that yeah. like that's literally all they invest in is a couple throwaway lines, and the rest of it's just big, dumb explosions. Yeah. But, hey, if we're going to talk about that train station scene— are we not going to talk about the small frag grenade that turns into an enormous fireball? <laughs> that that, that turns into that, the fire tunnel from Judge
0: Dredd? Okay, okay, okay. Yes! Listen. Yes! Listen, yes, that happens, but the lead-up to that is so brilliant, where Sam Jackson is talking to, to Gina Davis. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're, you're going to do this, I'm going to do that, we're going to do this, and the grenade lands, and he just... Fuck it! Run for your life! It's amazing! It is fucking hilarious.
2: Uh, going back to what Thunder's Wizard said, th- when they started shooting in the train station, I was like, oh, this is where they got the scene from that Call of Duty Russian airport thing from, huh? <laughs> it's
3: like they're just going to go in and murder everybody.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. There's a hefty no. amount of people just, like, dual-wielding submachine guns, like... Like, uh, MacGruber,
2: like, shooting every (laughs) which way. Trained military assassins that are just killing civilians in the dumbest way possible, but, you know, we're supposed to just be like, no, yeah, it's fine, it's good, it's cool, move on.
3: Yeah, you've got people with, like, Uzis and, like, Scorpion machine pistols, like, trying to hit people from, like, 30 yards away. Yeah, those guns aren't effective
0: at that range. They're just spraying bullets into crowds. (laughs)
2: All right, we gotta, we gotta keep going. We're never gonna get this done.
0: They do escape with Waldman's help, uh, and they learn that Sam is actually Charlene Charlie Baltimore, who disappeared eight years ago, uh, and it's just gone completely dark. They're not sure if they can trust Waldman, so they ditch him um, and leave him behind to seek out another person, Luke, uh, who is played by David Morse, who I think that's his second time on the pod because he was here for Drive Angry, Yes.
1: Yep. Yes, he was here for Drive Angry. This is also Shane Black, obviously Rennie Harlan, and Jaina Davis' Gina second Davis, time as well.
0: Yeah, Welcome back. Worth noting that David Morse is basically playing the evil version of himself from Drive Angry. Or is he playing the good version of himself in Drive Angry, the evil version? Anyway, um, yeah. They they think that he might be Charlie's fiancé, but Waldman catches up with him and tries to tell him that, no, Luke is actually... The most late was Charlie's last target for assassination, uh, codenamed Daedalus. Um, But Luke manages to kill Waldman and straps Samantha into a water wheel uh, above some freezing-ass cold water and repeatedly submerges her, tortures her, trying to get information from her. Uh, In doing so, we do set up where Charlie manages to free a, a hand, finds Waldman's body in the water, reaches into his open fly, and fishes out the gun right next to Mr. Wally. This is some excellent setup and payoff. I don't care what anybody says.
1: Uh, it's actually one of his more clever things, and he recycled it in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, there we are. Uh, Val yeah. Kilmer says the exact same thing, like uh, homophobic uh, henchman will not frisk you here. So he always keeps his little tiny pistol there,
0: a derringer, yeah. right by the dick.
2: Well,
3: I'm sure he's got plenty a of room because that man has no dick, so there's a lot of room to store the. Well
2: as I was about to say, it's it's not it's not a Wayne's World level two uh, or Wayne's World two level um, payoff, but it is it is nice back to back where he talks about his three guns and then she fishes it out. But I yeah. I think you I think you jogged over the main point of the water wheel is that that torture knocks her brain back into starting to remember who she is.
0: Right. That That's exactly right. We start to get flashbacks of her remembering herself as Charlie Baltimore.
3: My only gripe with this scene is that they kill Brian Cox off screen and you're just like, oh, and he's underwater now. Okay. I think, no, no, that's a, I think I that was his radio. choice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have a huge gripe with that because up to that point, he was very enjoyed. Like, he was going to be the number two to Sam Jackson in my favorite characters in this movie. And he was only in it for, like, five minutes.
0: I mean, is he not your second favorite? I mean, he's my no, second no, actually, favorite no. character next to Sam Jackson.
2: No, you're right. He still holds that spot because everyone else sucks.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's <sighs> he's second best. He's really good in the, like, ten minutes of screen time he has in this thing. Yeah, they could have given him more.
1: And That's
2: he all I wish.
0: clearly...
1: Talk to Doug Lyman and later Paul Greengrass. He's like, "Hey, um, I know you saw the long kiss good night. I could literally just play the same guy in Born. I can just keep doing this. You're just you know, a little I, I more serious. Say this is like a
3: career. Isn't his wife? Uh, that lady's in something else. I recognize his wife from something. Is I don't she... think that was his wife.
1: He was like a caretaker of that woman. No, no, that's
0: absolutely his wife.
1: She's way older. Yeah. than Yeah, I
3: think that was the joke though. Cause no, really, the
1: joke just, was that the dog was licking its own ass for three
3: hours. My appetite it's...
0: is incompatible with the dog. <laughs> it has been licking its ass for the last two hours. I submit to you, yeah, we're not doing this. Either whatever oh, it's going what? for is already gone or it's not going anywhere. Yeah, it, it's actually apparently Alice Waldman is meant to be Nathan's sister. Oh, okay. it's Gladys right. O'Connor is her name. Was she in, like, Billy Madison? Is she that was the, in Billy Madison. Peeing your pants die. is the
3: coolest. Call yeah, me Miles Davis. Miles Davis. There it okay, is. That's
0: it. All right. Okay. Uh, she then manages to find and free Sam Jackson, who is basically naked and chained up in a dungeon somewhere. Yeah,
2: super creepy.
0: Super, super creepy. creepy. Uh, but does free him, uh, and they decide to go to Atlantic City. Uh, they have this whole thing, and Timothy then kidnaps Caitlin, And Charlie and Mitch learn about Daedalus' involvement in Project Honeymoon, which we also get played out in weird flashbacks. Um, And it's here that we learn that she was set to be killed by one-eyed jack, but he got too handsy and he stabbed her, or she stabbed him in the eye, thus making him one-eyed jack. Uh, And she falls off a cliff into a sea, which is the second time, the second time that's happened to Gina Davis on the pod. Yeah. not a, Jumping off a cliff into the sea.
1: Not a graceful faller, apparently. Well, she did better
0: in Cutthroat Island. I, sure. I just... Shane Black did that in this movie. He did it in Iron Man. Are there any more cliff jumps that Shane Black... I feel like that came wow. up in... Arnold. The oh, yeah. tar pits. Arnold. Tar uh, Arnold in Predator. Yeah. Uh, All right, so... Listen, the cliff jump is something Shane Black likes to keep in the old back left pocket, I guess. I prefer that pocket
1: to his overtly uh, (laughs) over-sexualized and awful pocket where Timothy warns One-Eyed Jack, hey, if you're going to sleep with her, be careful. She's frisky. And then we have to see him trying to do something terrible to a passed-out woman. It's like,
0: what the fuck, dude? Come on. Well, I mean, rape is a special kind of evil.
3: Yeah, and I guess that also is somewhat interesting in the fact that that ends up being what causes one-eyed jack to lose the confrontation had he not raped her he would have just murdered her mission accomplished but because he's an evil person it doesn't work out that happens constantly in this movie
1: where they could just murder her and they're like no no we've got something special cooked up for you
0: Uh, (laughs) oh uh, uh, oh, yeah stop you don't uh, you don't get to do that with do you expect me to talk No, I expect you to die. Like, the over-elaborate death trap is part of the spy genre.
3: uh, But hold on. I think what really bothers me about the setup for that in this movie is that in that train station scene that we're well beyond now, when she's first approached, the dude's, like, dumbfounded by her amnesia. Like, you really don't know me?
0: Just fucking shoot her! But there's an obvious reason for that setup. That's what frustrates me. He needs to find out if she's faking it. it, it, Like there's a setup where Timothy is the human lie detector. He can tell by talking to someone whether they're lying or not. So he's trying to find out, did she have the wherewithal to tell other people about the secrets? That's the whole reason. And, oh, no, she didn't. Yeah, we can kill her. It's cool. Fair. Anyway, all right, so after jumping back to Act 1, let's go back to Act 3, where at this point, Charlie has changed her appearance. She's cut her hair, dyed it platinum blonde, gone full smoky eye. She is no longer Samantha. She is Charlie. Um, She remembers that Project Honeymoon was actually intended to be a false flag chemical bomb detonated at Niagara Falls, Uh, planning to use that as a way for the CIA to blame Islamic terrorists to secure more funding. So basically, you know, 9-11, but an inside job. Charlie realizes that Timothy and this new group is just going to do that over again with the the new CIA director. So they head to Niagara Falls where Timothy has taken Caitlin. Uh, Timothy manages to capture Mitch and Charlie. Charlie tells Timothy that Caitlin is his biological daughter— and implores him not to hurt his daughter, but Timothy is full-on evil and locks them both in a freezer to kill them. Fortunately, Charlie had managed to fill Caitlin's doll with gasoline to blow the door off this freezer, which I really... There's a lot of goofy, over-the-top shit that happens in this movie, but a a baby doll filled with gasoline was enough to blow the door off a freezer that was that was a lot
1: oh was it because it blew up (laughs) the entire building and sent samuel l jackson hurling through the wall and through a neon road sign and yet timothy (laughs) comes out unscathed (laughs)
3: <laughs> right, look. The, the only thing Samuel it, it, L. Jackson needed in that scene to make it less believable would have been had he been inside of a refrigerator that came tumbling out of the building and then popped open, while well, Gopher popped totally out fine. in front of him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's fair. I will say though that it wasn't just the baby doll full of gasoline. There was mm-hmm. it, it was related to kerosene that caught yeah. fire and exploded. There, there were barrels of fuel. Yes. Yeah. On the so other side not... of the
3: freezer door. So explain that scene to me. Was there Did somebody spill the gas, and it, it was spilled on the floor, she and did. Then
0: they connected the pools? Yeah, so she had the baby doll that Caitlin had, filled it with gasoline, then scratched like a, a divot in the ground, and managed to light the gasoline baby doll to cause an explosion that blew the door off the hinges. But she emptied the gasoline buckets... Prior, remember when she
1: was just in the basement doing the yeah. Gruber, shooting yeah. everything in sight. And they're like, "Oh, look at all the gasoline down there! If yeah, we light yeah. it, it up, smells,
3: it smells like gas in here."
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, they they explain it, but yeah. for me, think, this this was the one time fast where fast. I'm like, this,
2: "This is your this is your one time." This yeah, is that's one I'm like, time when you're like, "This is unbelievable!" Oh, this, this Feels it?
0: like a lot. This feels like a lot. <laughs> This this is the one time for me the entire time we're like, do we need to
2: talk about the ice skating again? Yeah. (laughs) No. Can we please? We're not
0: going back. We're going forward. Go back to the slow motion hockey stop, just for a second. (laughs) Nope. Going forward. All right. So they break out of the freezer, uh, and they free Mitch, uh, and then Charlie goes to attack, where they've set up this area to basically kill everybody, Uh, but. This forces Timothy to launch the attack early while Caitlin, being the precocious child that she is, locks herself in a cage on the truck that is carrying the goddamn bomb. Child. Charlie chases the truck, uh, overpowers its driver, and diverts it from the Christmas parade to the Niagara Falls International Bridge, which leads to Canada. And Timothy and the agents attack them from a helicopter. Mitch arrives by car, picking up Charlie and Caitlin. But not before we get one of the most over-the-top kills on Timothy, where Charlie uses a man's body weight to ride a string of Christmas lights up the top of a bridge where she grabs the gun from the body. Gun that was on fire. Out of his pants... It's a burning corpse. <laughs> She's using a burning corpse as her counterweight. Yes. Gov, gov and was then on fire. shoots Timothy out of the, in helicopter. the helicopter, rills him full of holes, which certainly would have killed him. But doesn't, then doesn't the helicopter crashes, and then, after getting in a car and Charlie and Mitch and uh, Caitlin escaping, the entire thing fucking explodes
2: no 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 you, no you, you no it, you, no, yeah, no
0: no
2: you missed out he falls out of the helicopter and lands on the tanker truck which is the bomb and when the bomb goes off they specifically zoom in on his upper torso being blown to smithereens
1: uh guys he fell down fucking niagara falls then climbed back <laughs> to the top unscathed <laughs> again
2: he no was... he felt he fell down and then the helicopter picked him up in that goofy ass <laughs> ladder
3: like, God, it's well, like, it, he's like a fucking Terminator, it, it, this guy. Yeah, and this is after <laughs> Gina Davis, like, plays possum for a little while, and her, her daughter has to repeat her mentally abusive, or, you know, speech to motivate her to get up.
0: Oh, well, God. We did skip from earlier, where where the Charlie <laughs> personality is, is starting to emerge, and she tells her, her seven-year-old daughter, get up, life is pain. And
3: after then she you have this seven-year-old. Yeah,
0: the seven-year-old, like, Smacking Gina Davis.
3: Don't you die on me? Don't you die on me, Mom? You big pussy. Get up. Life, <laughs> life is life pain. pain.
0: Yeah.
2: More lispy, more lispy. She's got a lisp.
0: Oh boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Either way. I like how you're I like
2: how you said this is an action movie and you skipped over all the action, so we can't make fun of you for it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the uh, big host pays dividends. This movie's great. In an episode in an epilogue, Charlie has returned to her assumed identity of Samantha Kane, uh, moving in with Caitlin and Hal to a remote farmhouse, uh, and has declined the president's offer to rejoin the government, presumably as a CIA murderer.
1: So as I watched this movie with my wife, I looked at her, <laughs> and I go, "How dumb is this asshole that he's like back together with her?" And then one day she, like, walks in on him doing something suspicious and just, like, cuts his head off.
0: <laughs> I mean, there is a not unsubstantial subsection of the population that might be there for that. I, I It's like, you
1: know, <laughs> you witnessed her murder a person. You know she murdered, I don't know, 60 to 70 other people in the span of 72 hours.
0: Oh, God it. Uh goddammit. Again... I, I just want to stress, I feel like that's a feature, not a bug, at all. That's that's definitely what he's there for. Anyway, uh, it the whole thing closes out with Mitch enjoying the publicity that he has sort of earned as being part of this on the uh, Larry King, rest in peace, Larry, TV show uh, about what he has done, and then the CIA director has been indicted for treason. Yeah.
3: Which is an effort to impress his ex-wife, to garner favor with her, and also impress his estranged son. Yes,
0: we did, we did skip son. over that. Yeah. But
3: he's got a whole family plot thing because he's a deadbeat. It's pretty weak, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: It, but it's not weak. It adds dimension to his character, and I think Jesus, it makes it movie this better. This
1: movie is woefully underwritten. <laughs> no. No.
0: The only
2: other note I have here on my phone from watching this is that when Sam Jackson puts on his green outfit, he looks like fucking Shooter McGavin.
0: <laughs> Sam Jackson's outfits in this are <laughs> fucking fire the
2: yeah. entire time. No, I, I, hundred percent agree with that.
0: I'm not, she I'm not saying it's bad. So good. You know why
1: he it liked? Is... He looks back fondly on getting to make this because he's like, "What's my wardrobe?" I'm like, "Well," he goes, "Now just wear whatever the fuck I want." <laughs> He's got his
3: Kangol hats. He he's crazy. looking fly. Yeah, he's got some good lines in it, too. We'll, yeah. we'll get
0: to him later. I'm saving him. All right. So we're going to take a brief break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how many beers you need to enjoy this movie, a handful of follow-up questions, and a trivia quiz. Stay tuned. All right. Welcome back. We are talking the long kiss Good night. We have just recapped the plot. Now we're going to go around the horn. How many beers do you need to enjoy this movie? Let us start off with Chumpzilla. How many beers do you need to enjoy this film out of six?
3: Well, if this movie was only an hour and a half long, I'd give it four beers. But because it's a grueling two hours, this is easily a six-beer movie for me. And I'd say it's a mix. Three pain, three enjoyment... It's just so dumb. You have to dumb yourself down to get through it and not question all the plot holes and uh, just absolutely ridiculousness of this movie. Again, I don't think it's movie. plot holes. It is ridiculous. There's, there's uh, plenty of stupid. Lack lack of plot? Un- under plot? <laughs> Underwritten? Again, I, don't I don't know. But yeah, it's... All. I'll go on the record saying this is not the worst movie we've ever done, but it is probably one of the dumbest. I rest I, my case.
0: I don't see a problem with that. Mayor McCheese. <sighs>
3: God, I I'm,
2: I'm, I have to do conversions from me drinking scotch and watching this and then into beer. It, the first half of the movie was definitely a six beer movie, just because it was awful hearing her do her like, I don't remember who I am. Bullshit. And the second half of the movie
0: was That's also Gina six, Davis's wheelhouse, though.
2: It, it's also a six beer movie. I'll give it five. To be kind to you but god damn they're not enjoyment beers Listen, this, is a, this is a struggle bus hey,
0: don't don't do this for my benefit well, I, six I, beers it's six beers i
2: feel like we need to save the six for something that's
0: truly
2: painful across the board and you know some of this i did get some laughs out of which shouldn't have been parts i should have laughed at like when the child is hitting <laughs> gina davis and she's like is nothing but pain and like that's just stupid so I'm going to give it five. I'm going to give it five pain beers. There was no enjoyment here. This movie, I did not enjoy it.
1: All right. Well, T.W.? I hadn't seen this movie in a very long time, and I remember not liking it then. I like it probably even less now because I love action movies. This is not a good action movie. I have to say five pain beers. It was really hard to get through two hours of this. You could have trimmed 20 minutes out of this movie easily. It's far too long, and it meanders for a lot of it.
2: What did What did Mrs. Wizard think of it?
1: Well, she was getting a real kick out of me laughing hysterically at all the stupid shit that happened. She's like, "You really, you really hate this, huh?" It's like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> this sucks."
0: Listen, all of you are completely wrong. This is a two beer movie. I'd I'd go as far as three because it is two hours and and I agree there's probably a couple places where they could have trimmed parts of this but it's tough because like almost everything kind of pays off there's not a lot that doesn't
2: you're not selling it but you're not really selling Dude, anyone what?
1: on
3: this
0: oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no no get no, off the hashish cheech this movie's, sheesh. Sheesh. This movie's <laughs> terrible this
1: movie Were you is drinking not paying off.
2: <laughs> Were you, you drinking those weird fifteen percent meads you yeah, find? Well,
1: <laughs> I have to pay over, Everything man. pays off. Brian Cox dies off screen. They didn't know what to do with the
0: character. <laughs> Brian Cox dies off screen because the whole purpose of his death and his body in the water is meant as a jump scare.
3: Oh yeah, that worked. <laughs> yeah, and not only does Brian Cox die off screen, but whatever happens to Samuel Jackson's character, Mr. Hennessy, that also happens off screen too. He there's just a lot of weird stuff that we don't get in this movie
0: versus some of the weird stuff that we do get. I mean, for what it's worth, there are a, I don't know that a scene where they murder Brian Cox or just beat the shit out of Samuel Jackson would have made this film better. It would have been fluff. It's perfectly fine for us to find them dead and or tied up. But we'll move on. Uh, obviously, you all feel like this deserved a flop. Yes.
1: They didn't need to go back to the house to get the key they don't use until the end of the movie. That's 15 minutes of movie that is fucking useless. Uh, that, Except will, to watch her not be able to ice skate.
3: I, I will I will <laughs> Wait, but that's the only scene where we do see her use the sniper rifle they made a big deal out of of the suitcase because she uses his binoculars to creep on her daughter.
1: And she uses them to threaten a young. Child with shooting his fucking head off. That's that's the extent of
3: it. After she takes his cigarette from him and takes a drag and then hands it back. And so, yeah, which I thought that was a clever Shane Black esque callback, you know, because she'd threatened to, you know, kill the kid earlier if she caught him smoking again because he was trying to steal a cigarette at the Christmas party from the beginning of the movie. Now she catches him smoking in the backyard.
0: It all pays off. Now, I will tell you. Yeah, because we were dying for that. that. Yeah, <laughs> jumping jumping back to get the key we glossed over because they do go back to get the key that doesn't matter until later. So yeah, maybe I give you that, but that takes it to an hour forty five. She never uses the sniper rifle. She does not. I mean it it appears again but I'll agree. Okay. You can yeah.
2: truncate the first half an hour to 45 minutes of the movie where she's just a normie and not have to do all the Oh, chefs know that I'm a chef.
0: Oh,
1: <laughs> it I, slices. I it dices.
0: That, that's building Slap the Sam chop. character. That's building the Sam character as someone you care about. And the whole point of the Charlie character is that she is dislikable, that she is a bad person. And it's the two sides of the warring mother... I, you know what? Never I, mind. We're I, moving on. I appreciate yeah. you keep, your... You, all, you, can keep, you
2: can keep trying this. I appreciate you're, it. You're pushing that rock up the hill, but it's not going yeah.
1: to... Yeah, no, anything. that's fine.
0: Listen, you all deserve... You all clearly feel it deserved a flop. I feel like this movie didn't deserve to flop. I want to ask, is there anything that could have fixed it? What What could you have changed that would have resolved whatever issues you have? Okay. Thunderous uh, I just want to say... Uh, I
1: am, I, I, I am a little surprised because action movies sold still at this point. But this movie came out in a year of huge, male-driven action movies. Broken Arrow, From Dust Till Dawn, Executive Decision, The Quest, which was a flop. Mission Impossible, uh, The Rock, Eraser, Independence Day. Uh, Ransom came out right around this.
2: Some the the right? Ghost
1: in the Darkness came out the same day as this. Uh, and mighty ducks three came out a week before this so this was surrounded by stuff that was also flops but also probably more appealing and uh, the the only way to fix this movie is to trim some of the fat and to make her storyline a lot more cohesive because it's sort of a mess there's a lot of shitty dream flashback things that just don't are not cut into the movie particularly well. At one point, she's staring into the mirror of her dead self, and her dead self cuts
0: her throat. Yeah, no, I I actually completely agree with you here. My only way to fix that movie, that's the thing that aged really poorly, because as she's looking into the mirror, her her other self has this weird, like, flowy, stormy background that just,
3: I I don't know what... Yeah, (laughs) she gets the glamour (laughs) shot treatment. Yeah, let me run with (laughs) that this uh captain cash because what you're saying here is that listeners we do get these weird fantasy-esque like flashback dream sequences that don't fit in with the rest of the movie and i don't even mean like her memory flashbacks i'm talking about these mirror looks at her like zombie self it's like this weird supernatural angle that's like wait what the fuck kind of movie am i watching here well i mean she haunted by she haunted by her past is
0: that a ghost yeah well i mean she's she's playing two separate characters She's playing Samantha Kane, and she's playing Charlie Baltimore, and they're at war with her. No, and the I, I way they it. choose to visualize that just doesn't quite work. but it's a supernatural angle, and this is not a
3: supernatural
0: movie. It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fit. So it is presented very supernaturally.
1: It feels like Rennie learned the wrong lessons from when he directed Nightmare on Elm Street Part Four. Like he's like, oh, <laughs> that would be cool <laughs> yeah. in this, but Fair. it doesn't work in this. And I did want to make it pretty clear. It's not that I think that a woman, uh, a female driven action movie can't sell. I think that audiences uh, weren't buying into it because audiences are typically uh, stubborn and kind of stupid in that way. So it was 1996. It hadn't really been done that many times before. And they're like, well, how could she be the action hero? Why isn't he the action hero? So it's just kind of
0: silly. I, and I I love the fact that Samuel Jackson is not the action hero at all. He constantly needs to be saved by Charlie, but he is still really fucking funny throughout. Yeah, yeah
2: he's, it, he's it, the it, he's the comedic lever of the movie who kind of legs you through. And sorry to cut you off there, Chubzilla. I mean, the the movie has potential. Like it, if if done right, this movie could have been. You know, a thousand times better. At least in my eyes, I mean, it made money, so it's not technically a flop. I just think, I think the overall plot needed some polish. You needed to get rid of the unnecessary shit and kind of make the story a little more to the point and cohesive. And it might even circle back to your original one-liner. Like this could have been. This is kind of the precursor to the Bourne movies, where they said, "All right, you know, that kind of did and didn't work. Let's thin this up and fatten that up, and then you have a really good." Spy with Amnesia movie. Is that, I mean, I don't think there's one before this, so maybe this was the Spy with Amnesia kind of genre kickoff that everyone had to learn off of.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Yeah. Anybody else? Anything else you want to add?
3: I honestly think the uh, the amnesia angle is one of the weaker parts of the movie because if you trim that down and just have her being retired and laying low and then pulled back in, I think this would be a much tighter more narrative-driven movie, and it would be a lot uh, easier to pull off. Now, I understand that totally changes that whole amnesia angle, but honestly, I don't think this movie makes great use of it. I think it's actually more of a hindrance to the plot and to the story. Um, the other thing I would say to make this movie better would, would, would be to focus on the plots of the villains just a little bit more, because it's not really clear what's going on on the other side of the fence in this movie. We get a lot of stuff with Sam Jackson, a lot of stuff with Gina Davis's character. The villains are almost like an afterthought. They're just like generic bad guys. It's not real clear to the casual viewer what exactly the evil plan is. Like it's, it's just, you don't really understand what's going on. And and then it just it ends in explosions.
1: David Morse needed not to
3: exist. His
1: character served no purpose. So well, it's just like get, an extra character.
3: They wanted the torture scene, so that they manufactured yeah, a torture but, scene. But you you, you know, could have done that a different way. Timothy yeah.
1: can serve all that exposition, leave the room, and it's just some rando that gets murdered. It's like, oh, this guy's a really good actor,
0: and he, he has no purpose. I, I again, I don't. I disagree with that because you could have made you know the the Morse character into nothing. Right, There's no connection to the rest of it, but that would have cheapened it. If we, if he was just a complete rando versus the person for whom Charlie assumed the identity of Samantha Kane, because that was her next target, there's more story there. That That to me is more interesting than I left this person in a room with another person, which, I mean, honestly, Timothy's biggest mistake is two times in this film— He leaves Charlie with some other henchman with like, hey, listen, definitely murder this chick as soon as you can. Don't wait. Don't get freaky with it. I know you get off on rape and or torture. Don't do those things. Just kill her. It's, it's really and three, neither of them take that advice it's three times yes. yeah it's three times he could have just killed her
3: and again one of the weakest parts of this movie for me is that the whole reason for not killing her is what what do you remember we need to know what you remember like do you do you really yeah do you what really do, what does it matter just get, get uh, her over uh, with because nothing seems that secret in this fucking movie everybody seems to know everything Except for her, but they need to make sure. But are we sure you don't know? Like just fucking kill her, man.
0: Yes. Because they're planning on doing a nine eleven as an inside job on the off chance she told someone, Hey, the last time I was involved with the CIA, they were trying to do a nine eleven as an inside working job working but with the C I A. It's already she told her job. boyfriend. Or everyone in that fucking town. So That's kill the them all. Point. So just kill them. He tries to kill her
3: anyways.
0: Just... Yes. So
1: like what? Like what are you talking about? He he walks <laughs> away and they try and kill her.
3: <laughs>
0: they try, because kill her. he, he There's has no defense of this. He doesn't know anything. And all they have to do is kill her. So, so they don't they have don't, to kill they the don't. town. So they when he confirms
1: it at the bar, he can't just go, okay, see you later. This. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes. I Just, mean, keeping I'll, her alive I'll makes no it, sense. After, that that, one. after the train scene, keeping her alive makes no sense. They tried to kill her there. She's already burnt. Murder her. She's kill on sight at that they, point. He doesn't even tie her up in the freezer. Tomahawk,
0: they didn't have drones in 1996. You can't. All right, we're moving on. We're moving on. He
1: leaves her in the freezer, this resourceful assassin untied. With a meat hook and several
3: other tools to escape. <laughs> and her daughter to motivate her and remind her that life is
0: pain. Yeah.
2: yeah and this that's is getting to, like, fair. Austin Powers' level of ways to kill people.
0: Yeah, no, that that's fair. Okay, so, moving on, I have one question. Sam or Charlie? Neither. Terrible. Really? Charlie. Funny. Charlie, 100%. All right. Thunder wizard?
1: You know, James Davis is a very pretty woman. Uh, I prefer oh, Sam. No, that Cain. was Julia Roberts. Sam Kane <laughs> to a, a Charlie, who is overly aggressive, appears to have just been in a street fight,
0: and smokes like a chimney. <laughs> so honestly, uh, for me, it's a coin toss because on the one hand, Sam is a redhead; is it, very pretty. On the other hand, Charlie might murder me at any moment, and that's pretty. That's pretty exciting. So. Yeah. Could go so hey,
3: let's, uh, let's use this little segment here to point out that I think one of the smarter parts of this movie was how they played that little love scene interaction between her and Sam Jackson where Sam Jackson turns her down. I did yes. like that. I thought that was pretty clever. I thought that was smart. And I'll give Shane Black some credit for that because that was definitely subverting expectations. So
0: to set the scene, what has happened is Charlie has assumed full control over the body that is Sam and Charlie's body. She's cut her hair. She's dyed her eyes black. She makes a pass at, at Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson turns her down because he feels that what Charlie is trying to do is kill Sam by sleeping with someone else so that it will hurt the Sam persona.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a thing that happens in this movie. I think the better question is, who's more unkillable, Timothy or Mitch Hennessy, who both suffer just oh, horrific God. amounts of, of bodily harm <laughs> throughout this movie?
0: I mean, it's for not- what it's worth, in the original script, Mitch was supposed to die, but they screen it in front of audiences, and audiences were like, you can't fucking kill Sam Jackson. <laughs> you can't Bring kill the best back. person.
2: I can't be able to kill the best person in this movie
1: <laughs> and it's pretty obvious he was supposed to die in that last car scene because even my wife's like oh he's gonna die huh it's like no no they thought there's gonna be a sequel
0: well, <laughs> okay and let me segue there because well, hold on hold on I, hold on I wanna well, no no they did think there was going to be a sequel and i know what the sequel pitch is up to as recent as literally a couple years ago this is a fact i i want to know you here for this. Now, keep in mind, this is Rennie Harlan, Gina Davis's ex-husband, pitching this. He said the sequel opens, Gina Davis's character is immediately killed, but then Caitlin, the daughter, gets some kind of package as a result of, of Samantha Kane's death that's got a MacGuffin in it, and now like the CIA, the terrorists. Everybody wants whatever is in this package, this whatever this thing is, and there's only one person who could help her who might know what this thing is and how to use it, Sam Jackson. And then the whole thing becomes a road movie. I'm going to be honest. I'd fucking watch that.
2: I'd watch it. I'm not yeah. a lady. I would. Yeah. You there can't
1: kill off the main character, though. One that seems very petty by the ex-husband. <laughs> it, it
0: is exceedingly <laughs> petty by Rennie well, Hartman. On the other t- hand, though, that's kind of a cool angle.
2: And I mean, that's definitely at least one of the reasons to buy a ticket to the theater is because you're going to be like, oh, it's going to be in a, either a horrible way or a very comical
0: way.
3: Yeah, well, I think that angle works really, really well if you market this and you pump it up as another Gina Davis movie and then she dies in the first 15 minutes and then you're like, what the fuck? And then the rest of it's like a wild, you know, crazy road trip movie. You know, that works like that works like that. I think that would actually have probably created some buzz. All I'm saying is if I've had to
1: watch old, tired, bloated Sylvester Stallone shoot bow and arrow through two Rambo movies when he was far too old to be Rambo, then I'd like to watch Gina Davis, a legit bow person, fire some fucking arrows at people.
0: That would be pretty great. That is a fact. All right. Uh, So. Drifting away from this particular film, let's talk about Shane Black, who is famous for setting his films at Christmas. To date, he has set six of them at Christmas time. They are Lethal Weapon, The Last Boy Scout, A Long Kiss Goodnight, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Iron Man 3, and The Nice Guys, just at the very end there. It comes up, it counts. So, my question for you what's your favorite and why? Let's uh let's start with Thunderous Wizard.
1: It's a hundred percent Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. This resurrected not only his career but Downey's career. Uh, True, which is a huge thing. It's also it's punchy. It's very funny. It excels at the formula that he had made very popular with Lethal Weapon. I love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It's one of the great Val Kilmer performances of all time. I can't say enough about that movie. And if you love it, then the nice guys is just a spiritual incarnation of it and you'll love that too. So
2: all right. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in lockstep. I don't need to say much more. Like kiss kiss bang bang is it for me. I mean, just the dialogue in that movie is worth the watch. So I'm I'm in the same camp. Move on.
0: All right. Kicking it over to Chumzilla. Yeah, I mean I think that's the
3: Clear winner, Um, and obviously it's the reason that Shane Black got Iron Man three and probably worked on the first Iron Man as well. Um, But I will say, you know, go back and watch Lethal Weapon again if you haven't seen it in a while, because I think that franchise gets a little diluted by the sequels, like we did Lethal Weapon four on the pod. But that first movie is a much darker, grittier, more like visceral action movie than the kind
0: of goofier sequels. That's fair. Listen, if if it's gonna be my choice. I'm gonna give it to the nice guys because I fucking love heavy set Russell Crowe just kind of fucking fucking up the way through that film. He's really great in that. Uh, He's incredible in that movie, and
1: uh, I think this—he sold this script, "Long Kiss Goodnight," for four and a half million dollars. He sold the last insane at the time. He sold the last Boy Scout for a million and a half. And he, by the time he made Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, he'd been out of Hollywood for a long time. He couldn't sell that movie. Nobody wanted to do that until Joel Silver, who produced it, did him a favor. So like, even though this guy created some of the like some of our favorite movies, he wrote Predator, for example, like
3: well, he, he was he, he script doctored Predator. He didn't he, write it. He yes,
1: but it. he script doctored a lot of stuff, and uh, you know, he wrote Lethal Weapon in six weeks. Like yeah, this guy's immensely talented. And, you know, nine years after this movie, he couldn't get what we three of us perceived to be his best movie ever made without the help of like industry friends. It's just crazy to think.
3: And Joel Silver was also the producer on Predator.
1: Yes. And that's how that came to be. Nice guys. Same deal. Nobody wanted to give him money for that. And that movie is 100% worth your time, too.
0: Yeah, definitely watch both of those films. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk trivia is pain. But before we do, let's take a moment to hear from our brothers in beer, Hop Nation. Hey, everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer
2: podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So, whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just
0: search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops. Thank you, Hop Nation. Uh, good to hear from you guys, and hopefully, we'll have you on the pod soon. We are now going to do trivia is pain. I've got five questions, multiple choice. The winner of tonight's trivia challenge will take home the prop pistol Brian Cox kept next to his cox. The cox pistol? The cox pistol. I was going to say Brian
2: Cox's pistol. Brian Cox's pistol. Brian Cox's cock
0: pistol. Whatever, keep going. Either way. That's why it's an X. It can work as an S or a plural. It's fine. To chime in, give me a life is pain. Number one. This film opened on October 11th, 1996. What other movie we've podcasted was released on the exact same date? Life is... i wait for the answers. Yes. uh, The the answers I had were The Island of Dr. Moreau, Congo, Rats, or The Hunter in the Darkness. Life is pain. Wait. No. Hold on. It's it's the ghost in the darkness.
1: It's wrong. It's wrong. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. A trick question.
1: I can't it believe we we've done three movies that were released in this window.
0: It's uh, honestly, Moreau was right there too. Like Moreau was ninety six. Yeah. Jesus. All right, so must that, be our year. Yeah, that's one to uh, the thunderous wizard. I I know we covered that previously, but that's what I had. Uh, so number two, how many movies released to theaters? have been directed by Rennie Harland and starred Gina Davis. Is it two, three, four, or five? Life Life is pain. pain. I'm going to give that to Chumpzilla. I believe it's four. That is incorrect. Dang. Life is pain. To The Thunderous Wizard. I think it's just the two that we've done. That is entirely correct. Yeah. It wow. is The Long Kiss Goodnight and Cutthroat Island. Now, Rennie Harlan did produce a film that starred Gina Davis and Pittsburgh's own Batman, uh, Speechless, yes. but he did not actually direct that film. Mm. M- mm. Michael Keaton, love you, buddy. For the record, V8 Juice, the documentary, which is all about their
1: time filming Cutthroat Island, <laughs> was not released to theaters. Just a small indie
0: movie, so... A quick one, too. All right. (laughs) Number three. Yvonne Zima would go on to have a part in two other Shane Black penned films. In which of these does she not appear? Is it Iron Man 3, The Nice Guys, or Predators? Life is pain. Chumpzilla.
3: She was not in The Nice Guys. That is incorrect.
1: (sighs) Life is pain.
0: Uh, It's Predators. That is correct. It is Predators. Uh, She was in The Nice Guys as the young porn queen credited. And she was in Iron Man 3 in a bikini as Miss Elk Ridge. So now, feel real uncomfortable about all of this.
3: Yeah, so wait, was it did yeah, you say no, the predator that's, that's or right.
0: predators? I said the predator. Okay.
3: That's what I thought you said. Okay. Okay. Predators Cause,
1: cause, is directed by Robert Rodriguez. And because is great.
3: I mean, also, that's the
0: best predator sequel. Director I, of
3: maybe the best Mandalorian episode I've ever seen. I'd like to throw I'd like to throw a challenge flag because the Thunderous Wizard said Predators, not the Predator. Now
1: you don't know. Yeah, I knew what I, movie it was. I've <laughs> Believe me, I've suffered through
3: Shane Black's revival of The Predator. <laughs> Thank you very much. I, I actually watched that again this week, and uh, uh, yeah, it did not improve on repeat viewing. No. I
0: still have not seen it as much as I love Thomas Jane. TJ, I love you, buddy.
3: Oh, uh, right. don't,
0: don't, don't do it. Don't Number do it four. yourself. Number four. Ms. Zima is not the only child actor who would go on to do more in Hollywood. The other child actor, Edwin Hodge, who plays Mitch's son, Todd, would go on to have a part in what storied horror series? Extra point, if you can tell me the character's name. Was it A, The Purge? Was it B, Saw? Was it C, Paranormal Activity? Was it D, Insidious? Life is Pain. Thunder's Wizard. The Purge. That is correct. Holy shit. Thunderous Wizard has wow. run away with this. Wow. I mean, wow. He, wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is wow. four for four. The Thunderous Wizard. Would you like the extra point? What is the character's name? I don't know his name. It is Dante Bishop, the leader of the Resistance. All right. Wrapping it up. Number five. Like, there's no chance any of you have. Thunderous Wizard absolutely has done this. This is basically for your own pride, the studio considered using a male lead instead of Gina Davis. Which 1990s action star was considered? Was it A, Steven Seagal? Was it B, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Was it C, Jean-Claude Van Damme? Was it D, Bruce Willis?
1: Life is pain.
0: I'm going to give it to the Thunderous Wizard.
1: Bruce Willis.
0: That is incorrect.
1: That's shocking because
3: he went
1: and did this years later in the whole nine yards.
3: <laughs> yeah. a, little, a little bit. I, I sort of feel like that's who they wanted to get to play one-eyed jack, but they settled for the other guy.
0: Yes. All right. Any So, Mary McCheese and or Chumpzilla, your options. What am I? Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Jean-Claude Van Damme.
3: Life is pain. Chumzilla. JCVD.
0: That is incorrect. Damn. That leaves right. just you, Mayor Mcgee's. I, I am going
2: only, I'm only picking this to piss off the Thunderous Wizard, Steven Seagal. That is correct. <laughs> Prepare- ah, shitter.
1: Oh my God, would this have been a fucking train wreck then? <laughs> Could you imagine him in this movie? Just
3: I didn't even like many, this thing. Yeah, I, 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 I cannot dirt. picture him feeling up Sam Jackson. That would have been a totally different scene with with Stephen Seagal. Just saying.
0: No, which of it. those four yeah. have worked for you? I'm, I'm sorry, which Bruce Willis would have worked. They worked together. That yeah, could have happened.
1: I mean, but then I guess it would have felt super derivative of die hard with a vengeance
0: or but... in some ways pulp fiction
1: anyway but i mean this is yeah, true lies too what, so I it's before? like it's the same deal you know like true lies he doesn't have amnesia but he's the home body plain
3: sight yeah yeah wait total recall
1: don't ruin my recommendation please <laughs> all sorry. right
2: T-Devs, do you, do you instantly like this movie more if it's Diane Lane instead of <laughs> Gina Davis?
1: Well, Diane Lane's such a, oh, geez. What a... What a she's wonderful, a treasure, wonderful yeah. human being. <laughs> national treasure. Perennial Oscar nominee, or at least should be. Academy, if you're listening to this, you've screwed up for many years. Yes, every movie is better with Diane Lane. Fact.
3: So let me ask a question here because I think the thunderous wizard sort of hinted at this earlier. I do think to a certain degree, this movie was a bit ahead of its time. Um, and we obviously got a slew of female led action movies in the early to mid two thousands and, and, and teens. Right. Do you think like you could rework this movie and have a remake with like Shirley's Theron or Angelina Jolie, or, you know, somebody like that, one of the contemporary stars. Do you think you could do this movie again today and make it hit? They did it with Jolie, though. It's called Salt. Salt, yeah. You know, like, you got got, got Atomic Blonde. I'm just saying, like, could you do this movie again with Sam Jackson and make it work? Called Captain Marvel? I mean, well, I don't think it's Gina Davis's fault. That's the point. Like, yeah,
1: no, I agree. I, I mean, I don't love her in the role, but I also didn't love Craig Pierco in the role. So, yeah, which is no, she does a good
2: because job. It's, just,
0: it's not, Craig does such a good job. Like he's he's <sighs> that creepy, smarmy. Like he's he's more handsome than he should be. I thought uh, it he, worked. Yeah, he's Mr. Zaz. Yeah, a little bit. That's
3: I, it, did, it. Took me till right now to make me think that's what he reminded me of throughout this whole movie. Was watching Birds of Prey, and I'm like, oh, that's that's that that's the the weird guy. Yeah, that's him. Victor Zaz. Yeah, she does a
2: good job. The whole, the whole thing needed to be polished. I mean, yeah, she, she, she was fine in it. It's just, she wasn't, you know, she was given the script and that's what she did.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on. Thank you all for listening to the 95th episode of hops and box office slops. We're going to jump into recommendations. Uh, let's start off with mayor McCheese mayor. What are you into this week? Oh,
2: man, I actually finally have a show that I and you guys know me and I constantly complain how I have no time between kids and work. Um, I finally have found a show that I can binge watch. It is Servant on uh, Apple TV. Um, if you like M. Night Shyamalan, ding dong. He is an executive producer on it. Um, it is in the I guess if you want to put horror, more supernatural, but I don't want to give anything away, so I would highly recommend Servant, because it is the only show that I've binge-watched binge watched in probably the last two to three years since I've started having kids. That is my recommendation. Excellent. Chumzilla, what do you
3: got for us? Okay, I've got a IFC channel uh, TV show that's now on Amazon Prime. I think it's also on Hulu. It is Brockmire, starring Hank Azaria of Simpsons fame and several movies as well. But he plays a down and out, uh, baseball announcer who's got massive, uh, personal problems, including his wife being a sex addict and he devolving into a raging alcoholic. And uh, it was on IFC it's four seasons long. I think now all four seasons are streaming. And I've, I've caught just a couple of the episodes, but, uh, it's a pretty good show and it's you know kind of a dark comedy but you know yeah hank Azura is pretty funny so
0: check what it was out. that name again
3: Brockmeyer
0: Brockmeyer all right Brockmeyer. Excellent. yep over to the thunder wizard
3: uh
1: co-signed Brockmeyer's great but my recommendation um now I was pretty hard on this movie and so I thought I would recommend a better uh movie where someone has amnesia to a degree and is a spy and that is paul verhoeven's total recall starring arnold schwarzenegger it is incredible get your ass to uh i love that movie it holds up very 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 well and um it just uh, executes the uh split identity aspect so much better than this movie does
0: disagree
3: go on sorry are you kidding me what you're gonna question total recall (laughs) Hold on, hold on, uh, Captain. What Cash, is happening? Can you can you, need, can you name the Philip K. Dick story that movie's based on? Oh Because if you if you can't, your your
0: criticism is totally no no. Because totally, I yeah yeah no. I,
3: remember,
0: I I know that Blade Runner is do
1: do androids Android dream of electric
0: sheep. sheep. Give me the first word. We oh shit.
3: Can nope. Nope. We Can Remember It For You Wholesale. Oh, damn it. I I, I love that title. I don't know why it's always stuck in my brain. Which is
1: essentially what the pitch of the company is.
0: Yes, exactly. Uh, Listen, all I'm trying to say is Arnold in 91 as an acting instrument. At the peak of his powers, you mean. Versus Gina Davis in 96. I, I don't think, like, listen. Uh, you're I've, picking I've a weird, role, a weird hill to die on. <laughs> I saw a Total Recall in the theater as a nine-year-old child. So trust me, I get it. I just don't think Man, the uh, Quaid so- versus... This I, I, uh, no, this no. this is hold your on. skip Bayless
1: moment. I know you won't understand that, but nope. Yeah, if it,
3: this is an internet <laughs> meme waiting to happen, I'm gonna be Stephen A. It. Smith here, and I'm gonna say, hold on, hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. That scene with the X-ray scanners holds up to this day, and that is a great action sequence. And there is nothing. Nothing in the long kiss goodnight that even compares to that x ray scene. Seal the potty though. Every, Again,
0: everything. Th- those everything are quippy fun things. I'm comparing the difference between traditionally feminine housewife Sam Kane versus <laughs> murder fucking machine Charlie Baltimore. And, and your, your comparison thing, is Arnold Schwarzenegger as a Basically, nice guy who kills a bunch of fucking people to no, smarmy Arnold not, that's Schwarzenegger. That's not how
1: it works. He uh, starts off like totally <laughs> unaware of who he is and he, becomes but who he
0: is. The whole fucking thing is recalled. That's why it fades to white. Yeah, but he starts the movie a as a
1: guy that works at a construction, construction site. Construction. He's like leads a normal life, like. You, these movies are not comparable. I'm
0: sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry you feel this me, Which but, is a hey. better film. Total Recall is certainly the better film. And certainly that's because of Arnold's performance. But if Martin you're asking me you to compare who played two characters better, Gina Davis played the two characters much better than Arnold did. It's
1: the movie's execution of it. That I'll agree. The movie yeah. executes it just much better in total recall because after like intense action scenes, he doesn't go, wait, what just happened? And then yeah. they commence on to whatever. But
3: No, I, I, I think I think the key difference here between these two movies is the difference between Rennie Harland
0: and Verhoeven. That's probably okay. true, actually. That's are they true.
3: are they both Dutch?
0: Uh no. Uh Harlan is northern European like Like Dutch? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, American geography classes. Uh,
3: No. uh, No, but I guess my point is, though, I think that the... Oh, yes. He's he's Finnish, Rennie There it is. He's Finnish. So anyway, no, I think the key difference here is Rennie Harlan versus Paul Verhoeven. Because I think Verhoeven has a much better... Uh, sense of satire and a sharper sense of wit. And also, he's better with the action stuff. Yeah. So, I think that's what really helps a movie like Total Recall because I will admit to a degree, you're right, Gina Davis is the more expressive actor between the two. But Arnold does a very good job. And I think Verhoeven directed him very well. And I don't think. I don't think you can say that Arnold made that movie any worse. I think that was, it was, he oh, was a sure didn't he, he didn't hurt that film. And Gina Davis didn't hurt this movie either. She's not a great action actress, but you know, with competent directing and stunt work, you wouldn't notice that. Sadly, that's not what we get in the long kiss. Good night. But anyway,
0: Fair I All digress. Right. Well, let's wrap this up. That's basically it for this edition of hops and box office slops. Uh, Big thanks to Fathead Brewing for this most ipa of IPAs, the Head Hunter. Thank you for listening. Uh, Next up, we have If Looks Could Kill for the second round of our Hops and Double O Flops series. What did you think about the pod? Leave us a review on iTunes, and please remember to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thunderous Wizard, if the folks want to reach out and touch you, where are you?
1: When I'm not on Mars... Battling Cohagen and providing the people air. I'm at writerTLK on Twitter.
2: And Mayor McCheese. When I'm not talking to the space version of myself in a mirror, I am at HBOF
3: McCheese. And Chumpzilla. Listeners, you can find me on Twitter
0: at Chumpzilla8. Reach out, tweet me. All right. Thanks, everybody. As always, you can find me at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most of your social media. Life is pain. Couldn't even couldn't even <laughs> come up with another quote. That's how memorable this movie is.